Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, that's me. Three and Out Podcast, that's the show. Uh, back from Vegas on this Monday afternoon, and I, and I got to tell you, Vegas does not suck. Even when you're forced to wear masks, uh, it's still pretty fun. One, I guess I didn't. I probably made a couple hundred bucks, drank a lot. You know, I'm probably feeling like a five out of ten. Uh, I, I was like, should I take a nap and maybe record it later? I'm like, no, I just, I, I got here like an hour ago. Like, let's just do something. So I, I, I got my pen and I got my paper and I started thinking like, I, let's do a different podcast today. Let's go a little rapid fire because there have been so many stories over the last three or four days. Just when I'd be like, you know, in Vegas, have some downtime and look and there's another headline about someone sucking or someone getting hurt. And I'm like, why, why don't we just... I wrote down about 15 things and that happened over the last 48 hours. And I'll hit on it, you know, give my opinion, my thoughts, and how it impacts you know, this upcoming season right around the corner. Obviously, there's a couple college football things that are in the ether. And uh, we'll just try to keep it... You know, we'll just keep it moving. You know, there's, there's a lot going on in the league right now. This weekend... It's crazy because no preseason games. We're all just kind of following the sport on the internet. Now, that's how we normally follow the sport. I mean, maybe someone like me attends a couple practices. But once the preseason games start, there's an ebb and a flow to the season being right around the corner. It's felt weird. I mean, there's just, there's just no way around it. Uh, and it's just, hell, it's 2020. I just wore a mask on a plane and around Vegas. So it's just, it's the world we're living in. Not, nothing we can do about it. So I'm just glad the NFL is going to be played. Uh, you know, I think the, by the time you listen to this next podcast, we'll be a week away from the season, the Chiefs-Texans. And then, of course, we'll do a little Middlecoff mailbag at the end, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. So uh, if you guys got any questions, how we interact with the people here, this is the people show, and just fire into those Instagram comments. Also, for those of you that have, I, I checked this morning, I saw a bunch of new uh, reviews and, and, and five-star reviews. If you could, 3 and Out Podcast on Apple, leave a review. Like I said, it, it helps with business and it helps with the, the selling of this podcast. You know, just to keep it rolling and, and keep it as the, uh, as the cash cow and potentially more cash cow that it, it can become. So I can, uh, you know, keep my lights on and pay my utility bills. But let's start here. I would say the big news, I actually woke up... I. I woke up pretty early on Monday morning, 
And, you know, I, I'm not proud of this fact. You know, typically the first thing I do is I grab my phone when I wake up, whether it's 5 in the morning or 7 in the morning. And, you know, I usually click on Twitter. And there's Adam Schefter. Leonard Fournette has been cut. And we'll dive deep into the Jaguars here off the top because they're a train wreck organization. Let's just start there. There, there, there is no way around the Jaguars are a joke. I don't follow European soccer that closely besides just Ronaldo and Messi. And, you know, I watched a, an Amazon show on Man City. I don't pretend to understand how the EPL works. But I do know they relegate. And they kick your ass out of the league if you don't win enough, right? Or you don't play well enough. And the Jags would have been kicked out a long time ago. But I was also thinking this this morning. In most businesses, a business owner, right, if you own a construction business, more than likely, at one point in time, you were a contractor, you were a, uh, you know, you actually worked on construction sites in some, whether you were an electrician, whether you were a plumber, you did something with construction. So you're going to have some knowledge of the business. And I'm just using that as an example. When you buy a pro sports franchise, unless you're Michael Jordan, you have no clue. Let me repeat, no clue how the business operates. Because the main part of the business is your football team. Picking players, signing players, coaching the team, and playing in games that you know nothing about. So the best owners typically are, if obviously they have a lot of money, but they hire the best people. Because they have, let me repeat, no fucking clue what to do. And rightfully so. It's not... It's not like, Jerry Jones, kind of a unique owner. He played college football at Arkansas in the SEC. I'm pretty sure if you start going around, right, Jed York, Stan Kroenke, Michael Bidwell, like, there, there's not much football experience as we work around the country of NFL owners. So you better hire the right coaches and the right general managers. And it's pretty clear that Shad Khan, you know, David Caldwell clearly is one of the worst GMs we've ever seen. I mean, in football history. I, I don't. I can't imagine a GM with his track record being employed as long as he's been employed. But it's on, it's on the owner. Like he, it's his problem, and he's not hired the right people. It's why they sucked. And to cut Leonard Fournette, well, when you they haven't been able to trade him for two reasons, and I think is he officially cut by the time Monday afternoon came around? I know they tried to swing a trade before the uh, the waiver wire came out. He makes over four million dollars. He actually did have a productive season last year. He had over 1,000 yards. He had 76 catches. There's some character questions with him. Not like a bad guy. It's not like he's getting arrested or you know you don't you worry about it at night. But I don't know if he's the most beloved guy in the building. You know, He might be one of those guys who thinks he's a little bit better than he is. And rightfully so, right? He was one of, if not, I think he was the number one overall recruit in the country. He was drafted fourth. And his, his career has been a royal you know, disappointment. It's clear, like, you don't need to be uh, Bill Belichick just to watch guys play and go, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Like, these guys are on a completely different level than that guy. And they, they, they had to cut him. And he's not a fit in the offense. You know, he's, to me, kind of an old school, you know, running power, pulling the guard with a fullback ahead of him type running back, which the league is kind of getting away from. It's a lot more spread. It's a lot more you know, the quicker, faster guys in space. Now, again, he had 76 catches. I actually, when I watched him last year, I thought he was okay. But the, the league, like, the rep on him is not good. So they had to cut him. That's a joke. Like, if you have to cut the guy you draft the number four three years later or four years later uh, who's coming off a good season, like, your organization has problems. And then what happened this weekend, the, the Minnesota Vikings just stole Yannick Ndokwe. If Yannick Ndokwe played for the Cowboys, if he played for the Patriots... If he played for Seattle, he would be viewed as a star player. Now, like, football nerds know about him, but I, listen, most people listening, we're, we're casual fans, right? Most people that watch NFL are casual. And when I say casual, like, they know players, but you, like, the teams that don't win, that aren't on TV, you don't know. Besides, especially a defensive end, it's not like they, they impact fantasy. This guy's a really, really good player. He took... Almost a $6 million pay cut. A $6 million pay cut. In a state that has no income tax. To go to Minnesota. 
the state that, beside California, I think is the second highest in the in the country, 9%. But I'll give him credit. That just shows like how bad he wanted to get out of there. Jalen Ramsey called leaving the Jaguars the greatest day of his life. He's got children. He's been named an All-Pro. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jalen Ramsey won a national championship. I think he played on that Jameis Winston team. Called the best day of his life. Think about that. Yannick Ndakwe took a $6 million pay cut. He was not a first-round pick. He has not made that much money. I don't care who you are. $6 million is a lot of money. I mean, I'd say, where I'm sitting, six six hundred grand would be a lot of money. $6 million pay cut to get the hell away from people? I commend that. You know, he goes to a team with Mike Zimmer, a great defensive coach, a team that's going to be successful, should compete to win that division. Uh, I, I always give player credit when they see the bigger picture. Get out of there. Go succeed. Go kick ass in a place conducive, and then you'll print checks. But taking the $6 million haircut, I don't care who you are. Like, that's not an easy uh, contract to sign. Like, am I really doing this? Do I really hate Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, and the cons that much? And the answer was, yes, he hates them that much. How much does he hate them? $6 million worth of hate. And he goes to a team that I'd have to check the latest odds, but to me, they got to be... I know they're you're replacing some guys on defense, but you just Everson Griffin with this guy, who's better right now. Now, they have a bunch of new corners, but what's the best way to help out corners? Danell Hunter and Yannick Ndokwe. Kick the shit out of the quarterback. That's their game plan. And Mike Zimmer sending A-glat blitzes. Like, Mike Zimmer's been coaching guys since Dion. I think he'll, he'll coach some corners up. That you know, to me, they what a, what a steal in a second round pick. I mean, that's that's wild. So they've gotten rid of Yannick and Dockway. They cut Fournette and they traded Jalen Ramsey in like a you know how many nine months, ten months. I guess Jalen was traded in the middle of the season last year. But God, what what a what a dumpster fire franchise. And God, Minnesota, like that's that's a good you know training camp trade. <laughs> Holy moly, for a second round pick for a guy that I would imagine they're going to want to. Uh, want to sign long-term. And with that, they've asked Riley Reef to take a big pay cut. He's refusing. And you see that happening right now in training camp. Guys are asked to take pay cuts because they basically say, if you do not take a pay cut, we're going to cut you. And a lot of players, you know, if it's $6 million and they want you to go to like four and a half, you're like, well, I like playing here. I know the defense. I'm still going to start. I'll take the little pay cut. And I think sometimes when the guys ask you to take a pay cut, you go, what would be my market? Riley Reef goes, well, I, I consistently, I don't miss games. I'm starting a left tackle. Like I, someone would say, I mean, the Eagles just lost a tackle. I would have a market immediately. I'm not, I'm not taking a pay cut. And it, I guess I, the last headline I saw right before I pressed record was that he thinks he's going to be cut. But that's just, you know, listen, I don't love changing out my left tackle before the season, but it gets complicated when you get the opportunity to trade for a guy like Yannick Ndokwe. Now, Minnesota, to me, their biggest issue, and I, I went to the playoff game last year against the Niners, and and listen, it's it was a little skewed because the Niners had the best defensive line in the league, but still, like their Achilles heel is just their offensive line. It stinks. And they don't have a quarterback that can run. So if you can't protect an immobile quarterback, that's going to be your downfall. It just, it just will be. A headline that I saw, uh, I think on Saturday – from the someone over the New York Post, and, and there's been buzz coming out. Le'Veon Bell, I think Adam Gase had made a comment about he was injured, and then Le'Veon or said he didn't know where he was, and then Le'Veon said he was injured. And he's got a you know tight hamstring. It's just it's always something with this guy, really with both of them, but with Le'Veon, you know, it's like I, I said it the moment he sat out the season. It's one of the dumbest financial decisions in the history of sports. He he had what, $14 million from the Pittsburgh Steelers, one-year guaranteed. And his style, it's not like he took big hits. Like, play that season, he would have balled. They're just good. And then he would have got, at worst, the same contract that he got from the Jets, which clearly was nothing like he thought he was going to get, which I think ended up being $27 million. But I look at it like you got $27 million guaranteed, but you lost $14 million guaranteed. So you didn't really make that much money. And then, like, novel concept here, when you stop doing something that is really hard, whatever that is, right, whether it's being a lawyer, whether it's playing on the PGA Tour, whether it's building bridges, 
whether it's, I don't know, playing running back, and you take a year off, for the most part, you're going to get worse. And the reports are that he looks really slow and bad. And I had a, I started tweeting about it like, God, I mean, I, I thought Le'Veon Bell, the, the year before he held out, I think that year one of his franchise tag, because was he was franchise tag back-to-back and he declined the second one. I thought he was an elite player. And some people tweeted at me like, he's a product of the system, he had all the help. I, I, don't, I thought his instincts, his vision, his power, his ability in the passing game, uh, just how he was such a unique player. I did not think he was a product of the system. I thought he was a straight-up baller. And my buddy texts me in the league. He's like, bro, you watch him last year on film. He looks slow, plotting around. And, like, again, sometimes you just take a season off, you never get it back. And it feels like Le'Veon Bell, uh, what could have been, because I, I know the guy that I saw those last couple years when the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one year Ryan Shazier got hurt, I thought they were the best team in the league. I mean, A.B. was in the peak of his powers. Bell was in the peak of his powers. Their defense was excellent. And obviously, once Shazier went down, they were never quite the same. And, uh, you know, the way Bell's situation played out, you know, the media was like, he's taking a stand for the players. Yet, not signing a contract for $14 million. It's one thing to hold out when you're Aaron Donald and you're Khalil Mack and you go, I'm going to make 80 to $90 million guaranteed. Le'Veon Bell, bro, you are never going to get huge money. You had a major injury in your past. You had character concerns. You'd been spinning before. And just half, like a large percentage of the league just fundamentally doesn't believe in you know paying free agent running backs. So an all-time misplayed his hand, and it looked like his career is now circling the drain. The Cowboys, I saw clips from their Twitter account. They held a scrimmage. I would imagine some Cowboy fans are listening. And they put it on television, which I think a lot of teams have done. There's been a lot of... I read some Albert Breer Monday morning quarterback. There's been more scrimmages this year than ever before because you don't have a choice. You're not playing preseason games. That's what happens in college football. You just play full-on scrimmages. And they didn't have any numbers. And, you know, listen, coaches by nature are really, really paranoid. It's it's football. It's a top-secret sport. It's, it's This isn't basketball where you're like, I wonder who's getting the ball at the end of the game. I, I don't know, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Giannis, you know, or, or baseball, like, I wonder what pitch Max Scherzer's going to throw. I don't know, 98? In football, you don't know what plays are coming, right? That's, it's, it's a game of secrecy. And when you have new coaches, you don't exactly know the scheme they're going to implement. Now, Mike McCarthy has a long history of what he ran in Green Bay. He's holding over some coaches. Uh, if you watch McCarthy that year off, like he really tried to – he made it well-known – he kind of went on a PR campaign, and it worked. It got him the cowboy job. That he did a lot of introspection. That he looked at what he wasn't using. He looked at where the game was going. They broke down every game, every week. Like, who knows? And then just part of it, I mean, and all these coaches are doing it. I, I try to watch Kyle Shanahan's press conferences. Typically, most press conferences are just on Periscope. I appreciate that about the Texans. Like, I just see them a lot on Periscope. Most of these other teams that naturally do their team their press conference on Periscope are not doing that right now. They're making it very challenging for you to find it because they don't want the opposing teams, which that's all they're doing right now. None of the opposing GMs or scouts have any film to watch. So all they're doing is just whoever your first like four opponents are in September, you're just watching them every day, every story that comes out about every player, every coach quote. That's all you have to do besides like watching your own team. And there's only so much you can do there. So I, I do, I, I laugh at it. I think it's kind of stupid, but I do understand from McCarthy's standpoint, uh, there there definitely are some jokes about like, you know, I would imagine there's some players getting yelled at in meetings the next day claiming it wasn't them, but, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, the Cowboy-Ram game, that week one is going to be pretty fun. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Ten, uh, to me, it's just one big WTF. Like, I... If you're not going to allow students on campus, which to my knowledge, the Pac-12, the majority of their schools are not. I understand attempting to make a stand. I disagree with it. I I would play football. I think all the high school school football in California got canceled. I I think that's an absolute shame. Uh, But decision they made. But I would assume, yeah, the Big Ten's not going to have students on campus. They're all having students on campus. How could you justify having students on campus but not playing football? Because the football players are going to be way more easier to corral in the sense of COVID testing, the ability to keep an eye on what they're doing, and have coaches who are on them about doing the right things. As a student on campus, if I'm just at Michigan, I don't give a shit. I'm like, well, I read all the statistics. Corona can't do anything to me. Clearly, no most young people, every young person I know does not care at all about Corona. I mean, at all. I don't blame them. You simply read, it doesn't impact you. And we'll find out years to become if that's right or wrong, but that's the information we have now, and that's what they're doing. So to not allow the football team that clearly wants to play, right? The parents want them to play, the coaches want to play, the kids want to play, and you're having students on campus. That'd be a hard one for me to wrap my head around. I just fundamentally disagree. I have a lot of admiration for the SEC and kind of their mindset like we're playing and and they never uh you know got off the path of we're gonna play that's just in the ACC followed suit and the Big 12 did too we're gonna play and we'll just we'll just play a longer conference schedule screw everyone else we we don't give a crap about the Pac-12 because they don't I mean I the coaches I, I know this the coaches the Kirby Smarts and Nick Sabans and Dan Mullins like they you couldn't pay them enough to come coach out west. In, in a million, they would never in a million years coach the Pac-12. And the, the the crazy thing about the Pac-12 is we don't even hear anything. They just they just kind of took it. Yeah, we're out. Whatever. At least the Big Ten. I I admire the programs and the kids and the parents and the passions for for stating their opinions on this one. Like we want to play. This is BS. I haven't heard a peep out of USC, out of Stanford, out of Cal, out of any of these schools. But every day I look, Scott Frost is pissed. Harbaugh's pissed. Ryan Day and Justin Fields want to play. 
I, I, I admire it. And they've, I'm not the biggest Big Ten guy in, in the sense of like, I don't follow, and I know these programs, I mean, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, these, Wisconsin, these are huge programs with massive fan bases. So I would imagine many of you are following this story much closer than I am, but I, I, I appreciate their passion and, and will of everything they possibly can do, though it doesn't, it, it actually, I've read some things that feels like maybe they end up playing in October. If they ended up playing in October, it's a joke then that they, they quote unquote canceled the season and then changed and, uh, you know, and basically admitted they were wrong. Uh, Jamar Chase, speaking of college football, opted out. Uh, I, I can't blame him. You know, Joe Burrow's gone. Uh, I, just Joe Brady's gone. I just, from a football standpoint, the chance that he looks worse this year, just based on at wide receiver, if he was a tackle or a defensive end, and he was an elite player, it just you can control your own destiny much more. Or even a cornerback at wide receiver, you are very dependent on the on one human throwing you the ball. Now, I listen. There is no chance on God's green earth that the quarterback. I, I would say, whoever the starting quarterback is for LSU is. 70% as good as Joe Brady was or Joe Burrow was last year. And that might even be high. I mean, Joe Burrow had the greatest season in the history of college football. And Jamar obviously dominated at 20 catches or 20 touchdowns. But, like, this tape speaks for itself. Everyone said this year if he would have came out, he'd been the number one wide receiver in a in a draft that had, I think, six wide receivers go in the first round. What the hell does he have to prove? He won his national championship. He won the Blitnikoff. Uh, he, he dominated in the playoffs. Dominating the SEC, like I, I got, I think he made the right choice. Now, I, I think it's going to be difficult. You know, the one thing playing does, like talking about Le'Veon Bell, it's it's different for a guy that's nineteen, twenty years old. But just maintaining that edge and that that talent, right? I mean, he is he, he's redlining right now. Talent. He's he's arguably the best offensive skill guy in all of college football. Well, how do you maintain that working out on your own? Like that, there, there's no way around it. Like that will be a challenge. And I'm sure he'll, he'll have a top flight agent and they'll get him with a top flight trainer. But listen, we know training and playing football are not the same. They're just not. And that's why I think we see all these injuries, which I'll get in here in a little bit. Cooper Cup's banged up right now for the Rams. Uh, again, I can't wait for that Dallas Rams game week one. Here's what I'll say about Cooper Cup. I, I guess Sean McVay said today that it's not a sprained ankle. He's very, very important to the success of the L.A. Rams. He had 94 catches and 10 touchdowns last year. You know, to me, when I watched them, their big issue, their offense can be fine. Their, their defense was had issues last year. But offensively, he, he's Jared Goff's guy. I'm pretty sure they're very, very close off the field. And he is an elite slot receiver. I mean, he is a baller. Uh, th- this was shitty news because if you watch Hard Knocks, and if you see the numbers, not many people are. I think the episode three Hard Knocks is the least amount of people that have ever watched Hard Knocks. Now, I don't know if that counts someone like me who watched it. I watched it on my iPad, so I don't know if it counts streaming, but I've enjoyed it. Now, it's not like some hard-hitting Rex Ryan, Bill O'Brien swear fest. It's just an easy watch, but it's very star-studded. And I would say beside Aaron Donald and Joey Bosa, Derwin James, like the best player in the two teams. And you could argue, and I, if you knew like Anthony Lynn, you'd get him off the record or whatever, and you said, who's the best player on your team? It's not inconceivable that he said Derwin James. Now, I, the tangible, what we know, it would be Bosa. He just played way more. But it was pretty clear after year one that Derwin James had a chance to be like an all-timer. And when I saw that he limped off practice and they were hoping it was a hamstring, I was like, okay, you know, it sucks. Maybe he'll miss week one or whatever. Within five, six hours, it's he tore his knee. And now he's having surgery and he's going to miss a significant amount of time. That is, and listen, they, they got, they drafted, I think, Nelson Adderley. Uh, they have a stacked secondary and they have a really good defense. But when I remove one of your best defensive players and your best player on your team, potentially, it's hard to recover. Sucks for the guy. Um, just just a shitty situation. I mean, it's it's the one thing I don't miss at all, at all, about being just on a team at training camp. 
that moment when you're just on the sideline, your team gear next to your GM or next to your other scouts or with the coaches, you know, around the players, and you see a guy go down and the whole thing goes silent. And honestly, sometimes, at least those, you know, like, this is bad. I actually miss even less because when a guy goes down and is carted off, you're like, that is awful. But you just, it's, it's kind of part of the business. You just shift, well, we, we need to sign someone. What do we need to do? When a guy limps off, right, or is like holding his shoulder, you just like, ah, hopefully it's nothing. Because sometimes it's just nothing, right? He goes to the trainer, comes back to practice. Sometimes he goes in and practice ends, and then it turns out, you know, it's just a scare. He's going to miss a couple days. And then sometimes you go, well, he tore his meniscus. You're like, good God. Uh, sucks. I mean, I just, that as a fan of elite players, I watch pro sports for elite players. I, I watch baseball to watch Mike Trout and Max Scherzer. I watch the NBA to watch Giannis and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. I, I watch the NFL to watch, you know, the Bosa's and the Derwin Jameses. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to watch overachievers. I, I want to see the best of the best. That's, that's what I like about pro sports. I don't like average players. I, I want to watch the elite guys. And when guys like Derwin James get hurt, we just the sport loses out. Alvin Kamara... Uh, latest I read, he just like, I'm out. You know, I, 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 what am I doing here? Pay me my money. I was actually, we were at dinner last night. We were talking about Jerry Maguire. It got me thinking, show me the money, Jerry. Is that Alvin Kamara, which I understand. Like, un- unlike Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara is an elite player. Now, I, I wonder if Sean Payton, and I don't know Sean Payton. I don't know one with the Saints. So I don't know exactly how they think besides just following him on press conferences and over the years coaching his team. But there might be a part of him that goes, listen, you guys didn't really know who Alvin Kamara was until he got a hold of me. And I'll find another Alvin Kamara. That might be his mindset. Because Alvin Kamara, if I was on his side, I'd be like, well, Derrick Henry just got huge cash. Christian McCaffrey got huge cash. Last year, Zeke got huge cash. I'm an elite player. I want huge cash. And I'm not playing this year for $2 million. And I'm not playing week one. Because that's his leverage. That's your leverage as a football player when you're an elite player is to hold out a game. Hopefully you'll get a contract, right? Unlike Le'Veon Bell, like they, here, here's your $14 million. We're not going to give you an extension, but here's your $14 million. It's a lot different for Alvin. Like, here's your two. Well, what if I have a career-ending injury for $2 million? I was a mid-round pick, and it's just over. Now, if you're the Saints... Also, if you're Alvin Kamara, you're just like, well, I just saw a guy in my draft class, Michael Thomas, or I guess Michael Thomas was a year before him, got huge money last year. Like, you, you take care of your core guys. You're not going to, am I not one of your core guys for the next four or five years? And it, it's a complicated situation. I Listen, I, I tend to be, I'm a sucker for good players, right? So I, I tend to be never pay running backs. It's just an easy thing to say. And then I get like Christian McCaffrey on my team or I get Alvin Kamara. It's like, well, <laughs> I kind of like this guy, you know, but the money, I, Alvin Kamara is probably not signing a contract for less than $42, million, $4 million guaranteed. He's not, he wouldn't be cheap. It's a complicated situation. I mean, just, I guess a lot of this podcast is about injuries, but Carson Wentz missed a practice with a lower body injury. Uh, I don't have any inside information on it. My take is I'm a Carson Wentz fan. I want to see Carson Wentz on the field. His talent is immense. And what we saw down the stretch, and I know it was against shitty teams, the Redskins, the Giants, the Cowboys, and I think either the Redskins or Giants again. He carried the team with a a squad full of practice squatters. Because I didn't think he played that well earlier in the year, and he, he played so much better down the stretch. And then he obviously got the concussion in practice. Listen, I mean, it... it I. I how often do you see a quarterback in camp, a soft tissue injury? You know, it's like if Lamar, right, pulls a hamstring or whatever, like I, I get it. Lamar's a runner. Carson's a, really a, a pocket quarterback. Now he can run, but it's, he's just a mobile pocket quarterback. But his injuries, like it's, he's at the point now whenever he goes down in a game, every single person watching that game is holding their breath. Is he going to get up? And he's just kind of that guy right now. Like, he might be the new Roethlisberger. And I think 
Roethlisberger, you know, I know people with the Ravens forever and people in the league thought he was kind of a drama queen. I I don't think Carson's drama queen at all with this in the sense of like he gets hurt, he gets hurt, right? He tore his ACL, broke his back, he got a concussion. Like there's nothing you just you can't come back in. It's not one of those. Well, he's got he tweaked his foot, you know, like Carson's injury. And I'm not saying this might be nothing, but it just it just shows you, man. He is just he's a huge wild card. Like is he going to have I, and I, no one knows this. I mean, Howie Roseman, Doug don't know this. Is he just going to have a successful next five, six years of staying healthy? Or is it going to be one thing after another? I, You know, they, they showed you, like, they had a backup plan. They, they drafted a quarterback in the second round. Now, I'm not a huge fan of that player in Jalen Hurts, uh, Oklahoma, Alabama quarterback. But they were, and they, they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So, I mean, maybe they know more than me. Uh, but I, I know this, Jalen ain't Carson Wentz. I'll, I'll promise you that. They need if they're going to be good and they're going to make the playoffs. They need Carson Wentz to play. Jalen Rager, who everything I've read was having a great training camp. Jalen hurts because Carson missed the practice in the scrimmage. Throws a pick, dude's running it back. Jalen tries to take him out and hurts his shoulder, making a tackle. And I think you know you'd go, God, just hit the ground. Well, don't even make a tackle. It's just instincts, uh, but not an ideal situation. So now their first-round wide receiver, who was balling, uh, gets hurt in a practice. Not It's one thing, right, if you go up to high point a ball or make a play and you get tackled weird. You you It was because you made a tackle, right, on an interception, which is just it's got to be a kick in the dick for the, you know, Doug and Howie. I mean, that sucks. I mean, there's, but there's nothing you can do. You just, the Eagles, like the Niners, a lot of injuries, and you just, you just kind of got to pivot. Right, I mean, there's nothing part of football, but it just seems like those two teams get injured so much. Uh, speaking of the Niners, Fred Warner, who led the Niners in tackles last year, who really is probably one of the better players that's not that famous in the league. Uh, he's just an all-around three-down linebacker. He can cover. He can blitz. Uh, he's physical. He can run. He's just a playmaker. I mean, I, I think Fred Warner's a stud. And I mean, I've watched every snap, but I thought last year he became like, damn, Niners got to pay this guy. I don't know if he got Corona. Uh, I, I I just saw Kyle Shanahan say today they put him on the COVID list. The the quote I saw was just, it just shows you we're not out of the woods with this stuff yet. In the sense of like, these guys aren't we're, guys are going to test positive throughout the year, basically. But like, the, if he just got Corona before the Arizona Cardinals game, that'd be a big deal for the Niners. Now, just based on the timeline, he should be back. And I don't even know if he has it. He might have just been around someone that had it. But they're playing the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray week one. Fred Warner is like, you know, they, they just need that guy to tackle Kyler Murray. <laughs> There's no way around it. So that's uh, that's something to keep, monitor. Uh, the Bears quarterback situation. I, I talked about this on my other podcast yesterday, Haberman Middlecoff. Check out that podcast as well. That my, my original take on the situation, and I heard Michael Lombardi say this, and I kind of agreed. Like, and I don't have any inside information. I haven't bothered any of these guys with who's looking good at camp. I I really don't even care. You know, just I'll, when the game comes, I'll watch. I'm not a reporter. I'm not looking to like break who's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, that I would go with Mitch Trubisky if if all things are equal. Because if you don't go with Mitch, you can't name Foles the quarterback and then go back to Mitch. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, who gives a crap? I watched Mitch last year. He stunk. The players in that locker room know Mitch stunk. Now, Mitch is well-liked. He's a high-character guy. And it's not like they're they're rooting for Mitch, his teammates. But they also want to win. So Nick Foles, I, I thought about this yesterday. If Nick Foles was the Chiefs quarterback, if he was the Saints quarterback, he was Kyle Shanahan's quarterback. He wouldn't be like Mahomes, but they would compete to make the playoffs. I could not say the same with Mitch Trubisky. They would have, he stinks. So why not just name Nick Foles the quarterback? And I don't love Nick Foles, but you got a good defense. You got some players on offense. Just go with Nick Foles. You know what, Mitch? You made this bed. Now you're the backup. And if Nick gets injured, which he has in the past, be ready. Stay locked in. You were the second pick in the draft. We're paying you a lot of money. It's not like I need to worry. Like, don't study any less. Don't work any less hard. 
You, you pay. You, this is the pro football. Be a pro. But Nick Foles is a shorty quarterback. If all things are equal to me, it's I've, I've come around. No brainer. Just make Nick Foles week one the starting quarterback for the Bears. And again, no inside information. Haven't talked to a soul there uh, involved in this decision. I my educated guess would be Nick Foles will be named the starting quarterback. Uh, Belichick. I have seen more quotes from Belichick on Cam Newton of just how much he likes the guy and how hard he's working and how impressed he's been. And they started thinking, like, of course he likes him. Do you know what Belichick likes? Guys that like football. Guys that work hard. It's not, and clearly Cam has a lot of talent, it's not that hard to impress football coaches. You know the guys that piss football coaches off? Guys that don't know what they're doing. Guys that show up late. Guys that don't really care about football. And here's, I, I try to, just try to put yourself in Cam Newton's situation. If you were kind of on top of the world, you know, for four or five years, right? Drafted one, resurrect a franchise, become a Pro Bowl level player, and make a bunch of money, and, you know, you're one of the more famous guys in the league, at whatever your profession is. And then you have a two-year run where just a bunch of people are talking shit. Everyone thinks you're not that good at your job. You get fired. Wouldn't you come back guns blazing and have the biggest chip on your shoulder to show every person, listen, I'm guilty, I'm raising my hand, that said, this guy is just, it's over for Cam Newton. That it's on and get ready. And then you get to link up with, I don't know, the greatest coach ever. Right? Like, okay, let's let's see what you got. Imagine if like you were some product designer in electronics and you got fired and all of a sudden you get a phone call and it's Tim Cook. He's like, listen, the iPhone, Apple, it's kind of stalled. We need a new product. Can you come here and, and work on a new product for us? And you don't have a job. You're like, I'm in. Cam Newton, no one would hire the guy. Belichick paid him $500,000. He's going to be the Patriots starting quarterback. I, I listen. I don't know how good Cam Newton, you know, is going to be. Just how talent, how much talent is around them. Like who's there? I guess Nikhil Harry. I, I'm a Nikhil Harry guy. Edelman. You have this Gunner character that I can't stop reading about on my Twitter timeline. Went from talking about Tom Brady, Gronk, and Belichick to Gunner. That's that's the number one story in Pat's camp. Gunner, which is a good story. You know, D two corner practice squad guy now, like uh, the next Edelman or Welker, but. I'm uh, I'm actually excited to watch watch Cam, and uh, yeah, that's that'll do it for my. Did I miss anything? Rapid fire. Thought we just mix it up a little bit today and just just bang bang, just just fire through some stuff. Felt like a lot happened this week. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Okay, let's dive in. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff. Instagram, your segment of the show, the people segment. And I'll start with Kevin. Why is it that some NFL franchises are consistently bad forever? Jaguars, Browns, Lions have had numerous GMs, coaches, and quarterbacks, but nothing changes. Enlighten me, John. What do we always say about football? It's a coaching league, right? Baseball, all about the GM. They set the lineups now. They do everything. They get paid more than managers. Basketball, players league. I mean, the players are in full control. Football, coaches run the show. They pick the players most of the time. Some GMs do. They definitely cut the players, and they have an enormous impact. Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday is why they make $9, 10 11 $12 million. There's a reason Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, these, these guys... Obviously, Belichick, your coach really matters. When Just say the Jaguars, Browns, and Lions. Who's the best coach all three of those franchises have had the last two decades combined? Who's the best coach the Browns have had in my adult life? I don't even know. They all suck. They just hired Freddie Kitchens. The Lions have Matt Patricia as their head coach. The Jaguars, I mean, Doug Marone. Honestly, the guy is probably Jack Del Rio. Of that whole group, think about that, of the last 20 years, Lions, it'd be Jack Del Rio or Jim Caldwell. Those would be the best coaches. And honestly, when you look at relative to Marone and Patricia, like Jack Del Rio made the playoffs multiple times with the Jags, made the playoffs with the Raiders. Better than these guys. I mean, it's just, it's a coaching league. You have to hire good coaches. These teams just hire terrible coaches. I mean, awful. Just god-awful. It's a place for just these Matt Patricias to make millions of dollars. It's, it's crazy. Giant sign Logan Ryan, big fan of it, especially with the crappy Baker situation. Uh, could I get your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't think the Giants are going to be very good. I, I don't like their roster at all. I think they're the worst team in that division. I, I would expect them to circle the drain. But, you know, DeAndre Baker, an absolute disaster pick by Dave Gettleman. Had major red flags coming out of college. Clearly, there's some... I I always struggle with... I say it all the time. I'm not a legal analyst. I didn't go to law school. You know, being charged and committing a crime. You know, they're not... There's some... You know, it's it's not easy to navigate some of these situations. Because we've seen it countless times where the stories come out, and I saw it with, firsthand with Reuben Foster. He got charged three different things, and it was like he never did it. But it's pretty clear something's with this guy. His own teammates didn't like him. Joe Judge clearly hates him. Has he, I don't think he's met him. Uh, and, yeah, so you got a starting corner. I'll be honest. I mean, I haven't, like, dove into Logan Ryan tape in a long time. I mean, it's not like they didn't just sign Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but better than what they have, so I, I, I can't. No issue with the uh, with the sig- the signing. Huge fan of the pod. I have a question for you about what defines a quarterback prospect. A big argument is now Trevor Lawrence is a better prospect than Joe Burrow, which I understand. 
But if you had to place athleticism and arm strength over football IQ and awareness, where would that get you? For instance, for instance, I was not high on Cam Newton because accuracy concerns, but some people were. If Cam Newton was a prospect the same year as RG3, I'd take RG3. I would even take Sam Darnold over Cam as a quarterback prospect if they happen to have come out in the same year. I know this question is a lot to digest, but just trying to find clarity on the difference. Thank you for your time. Well, I'd say this for Cam Newton. When he walks in a room, he's six foot six, two 250 pounds. He obviously wasn't as fast as RG3, but I would have taken Cam Newton over RG3. I wouldn't even hesitate. And RG3 was a really, really good prospect. When you think quarterback prospects, physical attributes matter. How big you are, how strong your arm is, uh, obviously how talented you are. Accuracy, you know, I think it matters. But the numbers now in 2020 are kind of inflated. Cam, to me, has just, I mean, he could throw it 500 yards. Cam Newton is like an athletic coming out of college. You know, part of the reason Jamarcus Russell was such a big-time prospect because he had this huge arm. Now, he didn't have the work ethic. He also couldn't move. Like, even if Cam's accuracy always would have screwed him, Cam was so elite as a human being, as an athlete, that he brought immediate value. And then he had moments, and he does have moments, where he can complete passes. Obviously, he's made countless Pro Bowls, and he won an MVP. Now, he's definitely, his accuracy has also been a reason why he can play really shitty. But, like, Cam, as a prospect, is elite. To me, Joe Burrow is not elite, because his arm is just probably solid. You know, and... He's a really, really he's a he's a first he's a number one overall prospect. But if you go like coming out of college, Carson Palmer or Joe Burrow, like Carson Palmer was a better prospect, bigger, stronger, better arm. Uh, now in 2020, mobility matters. So you know, obviously in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, Carson would have been a better prospect. Then what would we view him the same? That's where Sam Darnold kind of comes into play. Now Sam needs to play better. It's why Baker would not be viewed as an elite prospect. I mean, he's six feet tall. Like, just, just go to an NFL practice. See how big these humans are. I mean, they're, they're massive. I mean, it's just, this is, this is not a little man's sport at quarterback. Now, if Kyler Murray and Baker prove maybe the game has changed, maybe I'm holding on to old, you know, thought processes, uh, I'd say Trevor Lawrence, I mean, just... I've never met the kid, but just watched him on TV. He looks six foot four, six foot five. He's got a huge arm. He can run. Uh, he's played at an elite level. He's won. I think the knock on Joe Burrow a little bit is just, well, his surrounding cast doesn't get any better. And that was like the knock on Matt Leinart. Now, it's clear Joe Burrow was a better player than Matt Leinart. But you'd go, well, he played with Justin Jefferson, first-round pick, who the Minnesota Vikings traded Stephon Diggs and basically just used that pick to get him. He played with a running back who, arguably the best offensive coach in the league, and Brett Veach decided to draft in the first round. His other wide receiver just opted out of the season because he's like, you know, I'm so freaking good, I don't even need to play. And he's not wrong. His talent around him was it's arguably one of the most talented offenses we've ever seen. And he does throw a lot of balls, some of the jump balls. Now, he's really accurate. I like Joe Burrow. I'm not trying to, you know, diminish Joe Burrow. He's only done it one year. To me, part of, like, I like to see guys do it a little bit longer. He wasn't an elite recruit. Like, Cam was an enormous recruit. Obviously, ended up at Auburn because he got kicked out of Florida. But he went to Florida. And, like, the peak, that's who Urban Meyer, look at who Urban, Urban Meyer recruits. No, you're right. Urban Meyer got Joe Burrow, too. But, remember, Joe Burrow was a little bit lighter of a recruit. Couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins. Now Dwayne Haskins ends up getting drafted in the first round. I mean, I'm nitpicking here. We're, we're talking about a bunch of guys getting drafted in the first round. And I think if you talk to 10 different people in the league, you'll get 10 different things. I know when I look at it, when I think elite prospects, I, I think size, arm strength, in 2020, mobility. Uh, it's why Tua you know, had been injured. He's smaller. I, you wouldn't call him an elite prospect. Actually, Justin Herbert, uh, you could argue his, his motion's a little robotic, but in terms of size, arm strength, athleticism, he's got a lot of you know elite attributes. This is it's what makes it challenging. That there's not like 
there's a right way to like build a you know a thirty story building, right? There are certain things I would imagine for those of you that are in the construction business that like you can't avoid when building a uh, a massive building in a big city. Like there are just basic things you're going to do every time. When I'm drafting a quarterback, like John Schneider liked Russell Wilson, uh, John Dorsey liked Baker Mayfield, Andy and Veach loved Mahomes. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan loved Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, Belichick. I guess we'll find out this year. But you just go around the league, like, you know, uh, look at who Sean Payton likes. Obviously Drew Brees, but then he's, like, in love with this Taysom Hill. Nobody also liked Teddy Bridgewater. So I I just think all these guys look at it a little differently. Uh, And it's where, when you're talking, like, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, who knows? Maybe Joe Burrow turns out to be a better player. And at quarterback, you are dependent on other people, like your head coach and the skill around you and your offensive line. So you can't do it. It's not like basketball where you just go, Anthony Davis is an elite player or Kevin Durant's an elite player. They can do a lot of damage on their own. A quarterback, like, you can only do so much damage on your own. Like, you need the wide receiver to get open. You need the coach to call some solid plays, right? It's just, it really is, as cheesy as it sounds, like the ultimate team game. Hey, John, love the podcast. I'm a diehard Panthers fan. A lot of people are counting the Panthers out this year, but I think they will be sneaky good. You think Rule and Brady are the right men for the job? Both both are out to prove they can make it in this league. It's going to be tough division, but I think the Panthers are going to turn some heads. Thoughts? Thanks for uh, entertaining work. Appreciate it. Hashtag keep pounding. Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good. I, I, I just really don't. Now, they do have some skill guys that are talented, right? McCaffrey is an elite baller. Uh, DJ Moore, the guy from Maryland, can fly. Teddy is just, to me, he's just going to be okay. Like, I, can Teddy, it's one thing when you're playing on the Saints. Another thing when you're playing on the Panthers. Matt Rule's never been a head coaching in the NFL. Like, that is a pretty big transition. Joe Brady was a quality control guy two years ago. Like, that is a massive, massive transition. I, they might be good in a couple years. I, I think this year is going to be some growing pains. I'd expect them to win, like, five games. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think they can win five games and make some progress. I get you're bullish. It's why we're fans, right? It's why we root for our teams. Uh, to me, my lock right now, just looking at week one, of week one is probably the Raiders minus one and a half. The last I saw it was one and a half, might be one. Uh, at Carolina, you know, 10 a.m. kickoff, no fans. I think no fans. Maybe you guys have fans, I don't know. But I, I, I to me, the Raiders, of all the games I've seen week one, it's the games that I'm going to put some money on. It's going to be that game. Will the Titans pull the trigger on Clowney, or is that dead? Question for the pod. Love the show. I was uh, I, I flew out of Sacramento, and I was driving I driving back to the Bay Area from Vegas, and I was thinking about this. If I was a GM after the, all these trades and all these players, like everyone's been at training camp for the month, do you know what troubled me about Clowney? Like, do you really like football that much? Like, I, it's. Say this, the last holdout we had that went all year, Le'Veon Bell, I I disagreed, and I think he's been proven he was wrong, but I understood what he was fighting for. Like, I, I don't understand what Clowney's fighting for. It's like, bro, you've already made $50 million. The market is your market. You were, you were getting offered 12 to $15 million. Do you not want to play football? Like, don't tell me you're making some principled decision on money. You, you, are, you were the number one pick in the draft, and you just played your fifth-year option. You've made a huge cash. Do you want to play football or not? Because right now it kind of feels like, does Javion Clowney want to play football? Eh, kind of feels like he's indifferent. Kind of like his play. You watch him on Monday Night Football against the Niners, best player on the field. You watch him on one of the random morning games against the Browns when he was on Seattle, you're like, this guy even care? And that's kind of how it feels like his career's going. And if I'm Mike Vrabel, for example, and I got a team, I'm trying to get back to the playoffs, I'm trying to get guys that are all in. Is Clowney an all-in guy? Because when I think all-in guys, like, I think Tom Brady. I think Drew Brees. I think J.J. Watt. <laughs> you know, I think Richard Sherman. I don't think Jadavion Clowney. And when I got to pay big money, I like my guys to be all-in. If, if, if he'll play, like, I'd take him tomorrow if I was any team for, like, $5 million bucks. Wouldn't even hesitate. But if I got to pay you 12 to $15 million, 
I need to know that you love football. And I just, I don't know. Where I'm sitting, my vantage point, I'd have to question that at this point. I, I, I really would. And it's, it's sad because he should have, to me, his career is going to be a little, a little Ndamukong Sue. But at least Ndamukong Sue signed a contract, right, when he went to the Dolphins. Like, is this guy just going to not play this season? I, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I was thinking weirdly about that question. I was thinking about that today. Like, what's he doing? With the increasing growth of the NFL, do you see over the next few years a new franchise being created? And if so, where do you think that would be? I, I don't. Uh, I, I think they'll just move teams. They got in the L.A. market. Being in Vegas, it's going to be a great place. I mean, listen, I, I wanted the Raiders to say, selfishly, I, I have a lot of friends that are Raider fans in this Northern California. I was lucky to have two NFL teams in my backyard, even though the last several years the Raiders like wouldn't allow me at practices or anything. We weren't exactly on the best terms, but like uh, I, I enjoyed having two teams. Listen, I, Mark Davis had no money, got to Vegas, makes sense. The places, the stadium, drove by it today on the way to the airport, looks fucking awesome. Uh, it's just Vegas is a sweet place. Anyone listening that's been there knows, like, Vegas is cool. Uh, I think the Jaguars will eventually move to London, and I think got the teams to L.A. Like, name me a big market where the league's not in. I said we're like, I'm Roger Goodell, but... The Bay, L.A., Seattle, Chicago, New York, Boston, Philly, D.C., Dallas, Houston, Minnesota. You know, I mean, just got the Tempe, the whole country covered. Charlotte, Atlanta, New Orleans. I just, I don't see where the league's missing. Now in Vegas, I, I think the league's got all the sweet cities covered. I would say no. Now, money talks, shit walks, so if new, they need two teams because you have to have even numbers. I guess if two owners wanted to pay you know, $4 billion for a franchise and it got divvied around to the owners, I mean, they'd never turn it down. I just I don't know the cities that would make sense. You know, college football has kind of a stranglehold on a lot of other smaller cities around the country. right? I, I think the league is just perfectly set up. They're just in the right cities. Jacksonville's the one that doesn't really make sense, but I, I don't think they'll be there that long. I think eventually it's pretty clear they're going to go across the pond, and it'll be Shad Khan and the Jacksonville Jaguars that that eventually make that move. Uh, I, honestly, I'm looking at 55 minutes. Completely, completely honest. About two hours ago, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not feeling great. How am I going to put together a podcast? And then I just, I mentally, I'm just like, come on, John, let's, let's get our mind right. And now, 55 minutes later, we put together a podcast. So it's how we do it here with the three and out team of me and myself. Uh, but but I did it. I motivated myself and uh, we, we got together a show for the week. And we're, you know, less than two weeks away from the National Football League being played. So I appreciate it. Have a great week. Again, go to Three and Out Podcast on Apple and iTunes. Subscribe to the pod. Like, uh, leave likes and reviews and all that stuff. Greatly appreciate everyone listening. Thank you. All your funny DMs that you guys shoot me about other stuff. And uh, we'll be back a little later this week. Peace. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.